0: As these requests come in, you can really look at them strategically and think, is this the right move for freedom? Or are we just making this decision because this is what our software does? That, that's not how we make our decisions because I know how important speed is for freedom. We, we move fast and every decision we make is to is to not slow us down. This is the Solar Disruption Theory.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Solar Disruption Theory Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Chad Towner. And today we've got a very special guest. His name is Zach Bloom, along with Brett Bushy, who everybody already knows. Zach, you are the VP of Software Engineering at Freedom. Brett is the CEO of Freedom Forever. Thank you guys for joining me. How are you doing?
2: We're sore. Very sore. A lot of pickleball this morning again, which is how most days begin with us.
1: And I was trying to like you know loosen you guys up, but you just seem very very tight. It's not because you're nervous; it's because you've just been playing pickleball all day.
0: Yeah, nerves is steel. This isn't. <laughs> yeah, i just can't move. It's gonna so, be all neck movement.
1: It, it, you guys play like pickleball instead of going to lunch now. That's the that's the thing. Just skip lunch, go straight to pickleball. And Brett, is it true that you? <laughs> Recently, had a, you had an emergency dental trip because you got hit in the face with a pickleball.
2: That was this morning. I chipped my tooth. So, <laughs> And the reason I started playing pickleball because I thought it was safer than anything else. But the ball just hit me square in the tooth and it hurt and uh, chipped it and got a fix this morning.
0: It's a contact sport. First ever recorded injury in the history of the sport. <laughs> this one goes under Brett's name
1: I was hoping you wouldn't have gotten it fixed because we could do this podcast with a, a nice whistle when you say the letter S
2: I, I had a jagged it was kind of <laughs> jagged so it was kind of hitting my lip and uh, it happened and I had to live with it for the last 10 days and my wife was making fun of me so you two are way into pickleball joining a,
1: a tournament now and this is what allows you to stay focused on Software when you're when you're not playing pickleball, um, so I, I want to get into all the stuff that you've done with freedom. But before all that, like how did you find freedom? How did that? I, I know there's a story there that Brett's told me before. Like how did you come in contact with freedom? You're not from Temecula, California, but you ended up moving down here for this job. What was that whole story like? It's
0: yep.
2: Tech mecula Just <laughs> so true. you know,
0: we coined it. Um yeah it it started with my wife um I was living in Chico, California, had a job right out of college that a buddy of mine started a company called pocket points um I was a manager of software engineering there, and you know we were all very young. it was a startup the the earliest definition that a startup can have that was us, and so you start thinking about getting married, health insurance, life insurance, having kids, and you start wondering you know, this is amazing, I'm very passionate about this company. And you start questioning, is this going to carry me through all of that? And of course, my wife kind of questioned that first. And she started looking for, you know, positions, my family was living in the Bay Area at the time, her family, she grew up in Temecula. So for her, Temecula was the key, for having a baby, she wanted to come back home and have kids with her family. So she, we searched and search and search. And, you know, the tech Mecula is kind of a joke because there there were no jobs. And we yeah. searched for about six months and all of a sudden a job popped up on you know, a glass door or whatever it was at the time. And uh, she sent it to me and I was like, oh, man. So your wife found you freedom forever. Correct. I'd never heard of it. Never really heard of solar. Didn't come from solar.
1: How much were you secretly hoping that she wouldn't find you a tech job in Temecula?
0: I mean, hundred percent. It was not, it was not, I put zero effort into trying to like, it just, it didn't, didn't seem possible for us to be able to win on both sides of that, of that yeah. question. She wanted yeah. to be in her mom and remote work wasn't the same for software. Right. As much back then. So, you know, to, today it's a little different. You could go move anywhere and be by family and work remotely for your dream company. Um, but I didn't think that was possible.
1: Well, you've been averaging like one baby per year since you've moved down here. So I guess the plan worked from that standpoint, what was the, uh, the first interaction with Brett and you know, what were your thoughts when you first met with him? Was this the company? Was it still something you needed to think about? Were you still resisting the, the need to move down here? How did that all happen?
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like I had a pretty unique interview situation for Freedom. I, I walk into a room, a small office, I think smaller than this, um, Greg Albright sitting in the corner. He checked me in like a security guard for Brett when he came and he's joking around the whole time. And I, I was in like a, I was in a pretty formal suit and Greg, you know, just kind of broke my character for a second because it was really my first real interview because my last company I was working with my friends. yeah. And I was pretty nervous,
2: pretty intimidated. What time frame is this? This is May 2018.
0: 2018. Yeah.
1: Okay. And Brett is the CEO, but Greg Albright was the founder of Freedom. And so so he's in the room. You go sit down with Brett.
0: And how did it go? I, I did not think it went well which it, I put, I, I tried my hardest um, and I called my wife after and said, I, I sorry, <laughs> the one opportunity you found after looking this whole time. Um, and the reason I didn't think it went well was because uh, Brett asked me a, a very important question, I think to the company, which is, um, how do you define servant leadership? And I just froze. <laughs> and it, and it, looking back on it, I, you know, it frustrates me and, and at the time it frustrated me too, but um, it's something that I felt like I could have answered if I just wasn't so intimidated and caught off guard because um, it was just how we closed the interview. And, you know, he had a, he had a the, it was his closing question yeah. and I did not feel like I gave a good answer. And then he went on to go how important, to say how important servant leadership is to, to freedom. And I just felt like, well, then I just didn't do that very well. Um, and, and looking back, I think it's, it's something that I, I am very proud Proud of and, and take to heart with how I lead my team. So it's silly, um, but I, I definitely did not leave the interview thinking I would be sitting here, you know, four and a half years later in this position.
2: Uh, the irony about that is when I think about servant leadership of our leaders, he is the epitome of that. He's always asking for things for his people, but never for himself and uh it's amazing he's just kind of you know and and he's obviously worked out and built something very very special and as time went on he was just very methodical and the irony is greg was there i think greg was there as he still wasn't sure it's 2018 now it's been three years we had grown tremendously in that three years but one of the things that we were doing is we created process. And we were the first construction company in the solar industry that created standard operating procedures. I'm convinced of it. I don't know because this is the only solar company that I've ever been associated with, but I think we did that. But as we got bigger, I realized we had to come up with an intuitive way to do this. We just couldn't create process after process, and it would still break down at at scale. And so we had to come in. And in 2018, I'm like, I'm convinced we have to build a software around the process. And we need to build all of the processes into the software so people aren't following these manual standard operating procedures. And I think we had 1,200 of them at one point. And Val Roses was the first person that kind of really embraced that and started writing them. And that really had what made freedom successful in the first three years is doing something that no one else had done, but we just didn't want to say, Hey, we thought at that time we're better than everyone else, but I knew it would break at some point. And um, we had started using a software called Podio, but I also knew it had to be built from scratch. Um, When we did it. I remember thinking that it would take a couple of years to build. I was off by about two years on that. Um, but, you know, he was definitely the right guy. Are you sure it wasn't you look
1: at Zach and you say this out of all the other candidates, this is a guy I can play pickleball with
2: and nobody else can?
0: Well, it would have been it would have been racquetball at the time. Yeah. The time we start
2: playing racquetball but what I still he's a really good athlete but somehow I'm just better than him in all these <laughs> sports I don't I don't get it I'm like what do I do if I'm up
0: 20-0 that was not the problem the problem I was down 0 to 20 and I, <laughs> now I don't want to be embarrassed yeah. and we that was the case for maybe 3 months and then I started getting better and better started getting closer to to winning but it always felt like we'd get to like I could be up 20 to Nine, and it would feel he would come back and win. <laughs> I remember, this man, just feeling like I think I said something like I almost had you that time, and he looked at me. And he he said, Yeah, I don't know what happens when I when I feel like it's harder to do something or can't do something. I convince myself I can't, and he's sitting there and he's he's like, You see that concrete wall over there? He's like, I know I can't run through that, but. Part of me says I can run through any concrete wall. And I was like, I'll, I'll work for this guy any day. This is the guy who, sh- who should be leading this company. And I've always had that level of confidence really early on. This is super important to me.
2: Yeah. yeah Either that I, or I'm psychotic. I don't know. I can't quite figure it out. One or the other.
1: I've seen it too. Brett would have, that's the perfect way for Brett to play a game, is to go down nine to 20 and come back and win uh, 2022.
0: So There's an overdrive. That's his ideal sixth gear yeah. that he kicks into, um, and being on, being on his team is super fun to watch and be part of. Being on their side is is um, something to, to look up to and, and strive to.
1: Yeah. All right. So so, from a sports standpoint, very competitive. You get in and you start having to build software from scratch because, as Brett said, we're in Podio and some of these. A lot of solar companies have a lot of these. CRMs, right? And they all use some out of the box solution that, in a lot of cases, they can solve 70 to 80% of what companies need from customer management and some processes. But you guys made the decision early on to build this, what we now call Lightspeed, to build it from scratch. And so, what were the first things you started to build? And what was the evolution like? Do you guys feel like you? Got every single iteration perfect, or was it kind of a trial and error process? Uh,
0: the first thing I had to do coming in was get by it. I mean, I'm, I'm a stranger. I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't come from solar. I'm not in construction. I'm the, I'm the software guy. And I think that's how Brett – I don't know how you, in, how you introduced me. I think it was, it was very forced from Brett to say like, – I felt like I was speed dating my first week. I, I knew nobody. Um, I was no one like, wanted it. Everyone okay, hated so it this was, concept. <laughs> it was forced, I guess. I didn't yeah. know that until now. But I think <laughs> I, I had to sit down with with Val and with very important, you know, people at the company at the time, and and I, it was half interview to see like if I was actually up to snuff to what they thought they needed to build, and and everybody had different opinions, um, and I I had to convince. It was just me didn't Brett didn't hire a department. It was just me. Yeah. And if I had failed in that first month, I don't know what would have happened next if we'd have tried again. Um, but the first thing, so I inherited a a WordPress website, which was shoehorn as a project generator. And so it was a very simple website. And the first thing I had to do was we were launching a new state, uh, Nevada, I think it was. And I had to get in there, you know, get behind the scenes of the code and, and um, enhance it so that it, could, it had a Nevada contract in there. Very simple, very simple website. And when I was in there, I kind of snuck in a, a little piece of code that made confetti pop up on the screen when you signed the contract. And so we're in a demo. We're in like just testing the new Nevada contract. And there's a room of 10 pretty important people. And I'm cruising through and, and showing this new contract. I think we changed the old, you, do you remember the old table of panel degradation? And we changed it to a sentence. And so I was demoing that and kind of nervous and going really fast. And I clicked the sign button and this confetti pops up and I kind of forgot about it. And the whole room was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? And I was like, what? Go back, do that again. And they're like, that's it. And they're excited and, and like, they had to like leave everyone left the room like to go make calls that we had this this new new tool and i was like no no guys come back like this other i think i had i incorporated uh the google google apis into the address like all these cool things i wanted to show off that i thought were actually very like op-centric and would make clean deals and the confetti just sold them and they were just so excited about the confetti forget about clean deals we got confetti guys the and the world has changed greatly the bar is much higher today of the yeah. expectation of the software department. Yeah, you can't then, get by
1: with those tricks
0: anymore. I can't. No, no.
1: Yeah, and in, in addition to finding the right guy, y- you have to have the right strategy and the amount of discipline, right? Because everyone, you, you can you can get a lot of out-of-the-box solutions and they can help you run your business. But if if you aren't disciplined and willing to spend the money, like how much money do you think... Freedom has invested in its software over the last several years that other companies that are able to outsource their software don't have to spend. So Fred,
2: it's, I mean, it's tens of millions, if not over a hundred million dollars, um, in the course of it. And it's essentially just taking the profits. Um, you know, we're not flashy. Um, we don't, take out profits out of the company, and we just have reinvested it into, and most of it has been in the software, because this was, you know, that's why I'm so excited about 2023, is I feel like um, this is almost our second chance to make a first impression, because um, we've been building this thing for almost five years, he has, and he's built an incredible team. So Zach,
1: you have built this incredible team, but, You've always told me and I'm I'm not a software guy, I'm not a tech guy, but you've always told me that a lot of the software that you guys have been building isn't the most complex coding as much as it is trying to really understand the ops in solar. And I I've seen that. Like you you've spent a lot of your time early on understanding the life cycle of a solar project, all the different avenues that it could go down, all the different crazy turns that it could make to finally get a job installed and eventually to PTO. And so what, when did you decide like, Hey, we just need to learn ops. Cause that's kind of what you guys, to me, that's what really sets your team apart is you guys probably understand the ops and life cycle of a solar sail, maybe better than anybody in the company at this point, after what you guys have built in Lightspeed.
0: Yeah, I think it was, I mean, it was, it was kind of forced, down my throat a little i mean you, you tackle business with the the trying to cover the largest hole in the boat right and i think we were you you just i was wherever the help was needed and so i don't i don't want to waste my time i don't want to waste my team's time or anybody's time so i'm constantly aggressively prioritizing our backlog and our, you know trying to figure out i just i want to solve the biggest problems and you know that doesn't That's a hard, I'm I'm probably not the most liked person because if, you know, if, if you're being deprioritized a lot, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. And early on when I started, it was, we need, we need help on the op side. And that was, I think, mainly why Brett brought me on. And I remember, I remember when, um, Brian Egglesayer came in to vet us really, which was kind of a, a flip of a script. Right. And he wanted, I'm pretty sure he wanted to meet with the software team. I mean, and he flat out said, like, I have very high expectations of this if, if this is my next endeavor. Um, and so I think we we struggle a lot. There's, there's only so much time in a day. There's only so much code you can deploy. And so I spend most of my time asking the tough question of, is this the biggest problem to work on right now? And once it is, we dive in and we go hard and we go fast. And that's that's our... Our skill set and we bring on specific people that are capable of handling that speed.
1: I've seen firsthand, I've been on the other end of that deprioritization. I'm always the guy that's like, I want to build sales tech. We need we need a door knocking app, we need a sales leaderboard and competition platform. And, you know, for for the first several years that I was at Freedom, Brett had to pull me aside multiple times and say, We're not gonna build that. No. Like that's not what we're focused on. And in my world, that's all we needed. That was what was the most important. But Brett, you stayed firm on making sure that we stayed focused on ops tech and, and nobody's ever focused on ops tech. And so maybe that's why you did it. But you seem to be, especially in this industry, the guy who's always kind of running the opposite direction versus everybody else. Or the analogy I've heard you say recently is, you know, everyone's running out of a burning building. You feel like you may be running into it. But uh, looking back over the last couple of years, how do you feel about that Decision. I know it couldn't have been easy, especially how loud I was about not uh, focusing on sales tech and just staying focused on the ops tech.
2: Yeah, it's all about, I, I realized it in the first year that I owned Freedom, is that the vacuum in the industry is not around sales process or sales tech. Um, in fact, if I looked at the solar installation graveyard, All right, it is never because that company couldn't sell enough solar. It's always because they were overwhelmed by the sales and they blew up. So I realized in the first probably 100 days of owning Freedom that we needed to focus on operations and we had to build stuff. And it's mind boggling to this day. Still, people are always focused on the sales tech and, oh, do you have this one? Do you have all these types of things? And it doesn't matter. if you have great sales tech, if the installation companies can't build the projects. And then a lot of people, it became very vogue a few years ago to use multiple installation companies. Well, if you wanna fail, that is a way to go. It just doesn't make any sense. And a lot of the sales tech is built around using multiple installation companies. And we wanna be the one-stop shop that you come here and you never leave because we get things built. Um, and that will always be the focus of freedom. And the amazing thing is once we got Lightspeed finished, and you know, when I say it's finished, it's always going to be evolving and getting better. But ultimately, like we're starting to build the sales tech and we'll be- build the best sales tech, not because it'll be flashier than someone else, is because it'll be integrated into one system. And we have the only software that where ops sales and the customer is all in the same software. So many people are layering APIing different softwares into the system and it just that solves, like you said, 70 to 80 percent of the problem, but it never solves a hundred percent of the problem. And if you don't solve hundred yeah. percent of the problem, you will fail at scale. And a lot of times I think that, you know I guess we're a little bit crazy, but it just seems so, Easy, all right, and to follow this business plan. Yet no one has. And you look at everybody that has scaled and gotten bigger, um, other than Solar City, they have fallen apart. And Solar yeah. City, a lot of people don't realize this was a success, and they were able to scale successfully. The problem is, is they, you know, decided to go in a different direction but a lot of people don't realize that they look at solar city or Tesla energy as a failure. And they quite frankly, weren't. And we, when we talk about being lucky and blessed. I'll say it again, being able to get, you know, Brian and Danny and all of the talent from the only successful scalable installation company. They're all here at freedom. All of the great ones are here at freedom. And that was just, being fortuitous or lucky. Like I just, I, I can't stress that enough. And you combine that with the software that we built. And quite frankly, the one guy that recognized how important the software was on ops was Brian Eaglesayer. When we were trying to hire him, um, he had been at City Tesla for almost 10 years and everybody was after him. And he came in and he's like, well, I need to meet your software guy. And I couldn't believe that like that was going to, and I could tell that was really, really important. And I call Zach and I go, he wants to meet with you. It's really important. And he came out of the meeting with Zach and he's like, yeah, I was a little concerned. He's young. I think you were 27 or 28 at the time, but he's like, no, I think this guy can build it. I'm very impressed with what you guys have built and what you guys can build going forward. So, it was really cool because he validated kind of the direction that we were going at because they had built some cool software, but even solar city got distracted and they built a separate software with different code for sales, uh, than for ops, but they had a pretty good bridge together. But yeah. I'm like, why did you guys do that? And they're like, cause the sales guys needed this <laughs> and the ops guy needed that. And no one forced us to work together and I think that's what we've been able to do but I want to stress that like the stuff that you're working on right now and the sales tech um, it will be the best and it won't break down and things will not get lost because it's all in one system and to me I think it's going to be easier for freedom to go from you know one and a half billion to three billion that it was to go from 15 million to 30 billion. Like we now have the system in place, the talent, the depth of talent and the software. And you know, it's not just Zach anymore. It's Zach. Plus how many people are on your software team now? We're 50 deep. Jeez.
0: And growing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And,
1: and Zach, you know, Brett mentioned APIs. That's a term to me that's become like a four letter word, even <laughs> though there's three letters in it. Um, that's a term that, people ask you about all the time, including myself. I'm so glad you guys didn't listen to me on building sales tech first, but we get this request. Everybody thinks we can just connect via API into any other system, any other platform, and everything's going to work perfectly. You guys have constantly, um, I wouldn't say resisted, but taken a, you know, ask the second question, which is, should we, spend the time connecting to this other system or just building that other system ourselves. And, you know, we've been compared to from, in that regard, we've been compared to Apple where it's like kind of this enclosed system. You're either on the inside or you're not. And, you know, a lot of people get frustrated with freedom and our unwillingness to integrate with another company or with another system or platform, et cetera. But the reality is um, as Brett mentioned, you know, building sales tech to use as an example it it has there is no integration because like the sales app that you guys are working on now it is light speed it's just a mobile app version of it that is more sales focused right so what sort of benefits do do you pick up from that on the software side is that still the right strategy moving forward as we get bigger is that is that a direction you guys see us continuing to go down? Or do we want to get to a world where we're integrating and APIing with everybody else?
0: Yeah, I think it, it stems from the the initial decision to build this from scratch. And that means you're never pigeonholed and having to make, uh, you know, as these requests come in, you can really look at them strategically and think, is this the right move for freedom? Or are we just making this decision because this is what our software does? That That's not how we make our decisions. If we're going to do something or build something it's not because of a line of code or a database we architected two years ago it's is this the right move for the business and so it's not that we're resistant to api because our our software can't can't we can't layer that on we totally can't it's just then you then you ask how are we going to maintain this we're so flexible what happens when we build an api for somebody and then we have to figure out how to you know do ev only projects or battery only projects and then every time we make a change we are, we're then beholden to the people that use our api now we got to say hold on we can't update our system until they're ready for the update that's a world i i'm i'm not sure we want to go into as soon and i i'll hold on to that as long as i can because i know how important speed is for freedom we, we move fast And every decision we make is to, is to not slow us down.
1: So, um, what were some of the favorite projects that you have built or, or features in Lightspeed that you guys have worked
0: on? We, we have spent a lot of time building scheduling tools. And so that was the one thing, I mean, you know, I would say 25% of our code base is, is focused around scheduling truck rolls, whether that's site surveys or installs or permits or inspections. Um, and that's the tricky part when you start looking at an off the shelf scheduling tool or an off the shelf CRM, you can name a bunch of them, right? You have to make a choice, whether your niche thing you want to do for your business or for that truck roll is going to fit into that scheduling tool or that CRM. So when you go, when you realize like we did with Podio and our paid CRM, when you realize that it'll only get you eighty percent there, and it'll never get you a hundred percent, then you start saying we have to build this. Then, when you decide we have to build it, you have to decide how flexible do we want to make that. The opposite is how specific is this going to be to freedom. And there's benefits to both decisions. If you make it flexible, when someone when something changes in the industry down the road, or, or you know the, the business pivots, we can we can pivot. But you lose a little bit of efficiency in the tool and it takes longer to build something that's more flexible. But if you go build something that's very specific, then it's going to be exactly how Freedom does it. It's our secret sauce. It's our recipe. We're not a run of the mill scheduling company. We have very specific things we do with our site surveys, our installs and our inspections. And so we actually built three different Completely different code bases of different scheduling tools, and we built this uh, our install calendar. And, and the one the one thing that um, is actually really special to me of the install calendar is that it was one of the few tools that it was it was the first tool that was built that um, I had no I had I didn't write any code on that tool. It was built. It was QA'd. It was launched. I didn't have to stay up late on a Sunday night and launch with the team. And so that was very special to me to know that. I had brought people on that I could trust. And one of the important things to Brett and I think any business owner um, is to set yourself up. We always use the hit by the bus analogy, right? Which is yeah. if this guy gets hit by a bus, what's going to happen? And for job security, that may not be the best personal approach. But for the business, it's very important that if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, that this this team still runs. And it's been an, yeah. an evolution and and really important for the the people that Brett mentioned, you know, Marissa, Son, the first two people I brought on, Rob and Alex, the people that I worked previously at Pocket Points, um, I feel very co- confident that um, they can keep going and keep building in this. And and my day to day has changed as that's changed, where I don't write as much code, um, but I'm here to help facilitate and make decisions and kind of be the the liaison between you and and the leadership team to the software
1: i remember it was about a year ago right now um brett set up a call with you me brian val and he said we are going to get out of podio we are going to be on our own system in i think he said like three months Mm -hmm. and um it was like a blood oath from brett and you and val ended up just locking yourselves in the room over the holidays and somehow and i was skeptical full transparency but you guys pulled it off skeptical is that the right word brett or is that putting it a little too lightly that's
2: putting it too lightly (laughs) you called me and said like you realize if this doesn't work it will be catastrophic for freedom and i said i don't disagree with you i just have a very high level of confidence that we can pull it off. And I even said, my biggest regret is not doing it earlier. All right, I believe we built too many Band-Aids for Podio and spent so much time on development of those different, I I didn't say no enough. And if I would have done it, I think we could have done it a season earlier, but it just, it had to get done. And there was no perfect time to do it. There was an element of risk every time you eliminate one and you go fully onto her. But I, I just, I had, a, I had a tremendous amount of confidence um, in Zach and the team that he built. Um, But was I a hundred percent? No. All right. But to really, and I say this a lot, like we're not trying at freedom. We're not trying to hit singles to use a baseball analogy. We're not even trying to hit a double or a triple. All right, a home run is not acceptable. We are trying to hit it out of the stadium, all right? To truly make an impact on climate change, this has to happen and it has to happen faster. And I always say my biggest regret is it's just not, we're not growing fast enough. And this was critical to our success. I think the next three to five years, we could have the highest percentage of growth in the history of freedom, which we've averaged well over triple digit growth in the last seven and a half years. But I really do believe that. It's not just about like, hey, it's harder to double when you're doing over a billion dollars in sales. I think with the technology that we've built and the commitment that we have and the team that we have, it actually is the time to literally put the foot heavy on the gas and go 200 miles an hour and just push through. I feel more confident about next year than I did about 2022. And it was obviously a very successful year.
1: Yeah. And I remember when you pulled it off and you built it, um, first of all, how did you, how did you pull it off? Because you had to build a system and a tool that was flexible to adapt to every single project and all the different nuances that uh, that happened is custom construction, right? And so you had to build that. We had to do it by a certain timeline, and then when we when you had it built, we transitioned. And you know, I was beyond nervous. What was that like on your end?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I remember that phone call, and I remember running downstairs. Christmas is canceled. We got, you know we gotta we gotta figure this out. And I who I, said that? I ran downstairs to my family. You mean the call? The decision was made i think early early December, yeah. right and so yes. I knew i it's uh i I knew what this was gonna take for my the 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 members on the team I knew the sacrifices they were gonna have to make I knew any the sacrifices I was gonna have to make, and i knew I knew the people that were gonna have to make those sacrifices, and I think that's that that was one of the harder decisions to make is like we we knew that the business couldn't just wasn't going to stop. We still had a full system that was running every day. So I had to split the team in half and say, you guys are responsible for making sure this thing keeps chugging while we go build this brand new thing and strategic play of personnel and talent and management. um, That was, that was the what that was my responsibility in the whole decision. And then working with you guys and making sure the timeline was correct is this the right time to do this? Um, to quote Brett, I mean the, the reason that I agreed to it—not that I had much of a choice—but he said it just has to be eighty percent working, and I thought, okay, I, I think I think we can do that, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think that was a fair, uh, you know. We're aggressive, and, and Brett saw the crystal ball said this had to be done, and so like you said, we we had he had to stop saying no and just saying yes. We have to do this, and that was. That was what I needed to hear to not be. I remember you called me and you were like, "How are you not freaking out right now?" <laughs> right. And I, and I, that that was the. I would have had him write that down on paper in case something went wrong because that was the the comment that made me feel like okay, I, I got 20 percent buffer of a failure to to still have a successful rollout. And our rollout was by market. It was very strategic with in how we did that. And it was a agreed upon decision of our leadership team of are we ready for this? Even when it was built, like it was ready to go full live. And that process took an extra month of going market by market until we flipped the whole thing on. Um, and yeah, it was very stressful.
1: I couldn't believe how smooth that rollout was. Um, and the coolest thing is that Lightspeed has the capability of adapting and getting smarter as time goes on, as we learn new markets and, put new rules in for different AHJs and different utilities. Um, So that was, that was incredible. And, you know, Brett, going back to the sports analogy, you know, 80%, he's only putting at $1.5 billion, only putting $300 million
2: at risk. So I guess. uh, But my thought process is when it starts, it'd be at 80%, but I knew it would be up to 97% within 60 to 90 days. And so the goal was it to be 80% by, you know, I think January or February. And I think we were there. And so that it's also to instill the confidence to give her, to get everybody to do it. I mean, literally like you weren't the only one that was, I think you called Brian, Brian called me, (laughs) Val called me, everybody said, you know, they tried it talk me out of it and i'm like no we have to do this yeah so um so there was i got several calls like this and i go we just we have to have faith faith the, the definition of faith is believing in something you can't see and we all want to see it yeah. before it's ready to go but you actually can't do that you there is an element of faith when you make the transition and you're going to wake up one day. We're going to be in the system. It'll either work or it won't. Yeah. Right? And until you're ready to take that risk, um, you just, you cannot go through life without having faith. And yep. uh, that's, I think what we collectively had to do as a company.
0: You guys might not know, know this, but one of the craziest uh, pieces of that story is we had just hired one of our largest hiring rounds for the department's history, like 10 people maybe. And, they started the week before I got that phone call and since, and then it took three months to build that. And so their first three months at freedom was waking up on Saturday morning and Sunday morning and working the weekend. And that was, that was a very big concern of mine. I was like, these guys aren't going to like this. This is not what they signed up for. This is not what I promised them in interviews, not what Marissa and our team or you know, said this was like at freedom. Um, and, Historically, it wasn't, and moving forward, it wasn't the case. But the one of the most motivating things was the excitement on these these team members' faces to wake up with me at six a.m. on a Saturday. I got kids running around. Everyone's got their cameras on, and they were just in it. Mm. And I was like, "Whoa!" You know, this was this was a call to action to to me and some of the, the leaders on the de- on the software department. But to see them take it as seriously as we were and to be excited about it. They didn't necessarily hold all the stress and realize what was on the line. They had no idea that, you know, you guys just did the numbers. I didn't do the numbers in front of them because that would have maybe scared them away. But to see their excitement and to see them support. And I think I also think um, the way we approach that as leaders of the software department, where we were in the code with them, for some people, that was a first. Yeah. And then for them to see the trust of freedom. You know, the blind trust of you're saying we get to build this thing in three months and just flip the company on its head and release something to the, the masses of the employees. I mean, you could work at Facebook and Google and work on a button for two years and it never goes live. <laughs> and we have guys that come in and they're pushing code live their second day. Yeah. And so they were just in it. And it was it was a super special. Was, told you the other day, it was one of the most... Uh, Proudest things I've done in my career, for sure.
1: Yeah, no, I remember the transition and how much you guys grinded, and Val getting in and teaching everybody the ops, and getting like it's like she distilled all of freedom's standard operating procedures, and you guys put that into technology, into software that can kind of run itself, which was absolutely incredible. So, and how the fact that it was just miraculously the transition happened. It was miraculous. So you made a believer out of me that we can build ops tech. All right. And I'm in, all in. All right. The next iteration, we've kind of hinted at it. We've beat around it a little bit is building technology that sales reps, my people can now start going out and using and interacting with Lightspeed because Lightspeed was built for a desktop to, you know, our employees at Freedom to be sitting at their computer and it's amazing for them. There's a lot of information. There's so much there. Um, But we're now starting to transition into this sales facing world and sales guys, we live on our phones. We need something in an app format. We need big buttons. We need simplicity. What's the, what is the future of Lightspeed from a sales and mobile standpoint?
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited. I mean, since I started, You know, besides maybe Val, I've been working with bearded construction workers in flannels. And so now I'm like, we can, I get to go work with sales reps and who have nice hair and wear Lululemon pants and, and athletic shoes to work. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I've been waiting to do this for a long time, but it just timing is super important. Was that a
2: slam looking at my outfit? I think that was, uh, I'm taking that a little personal where you where you lie on the on the scale? Well, I don't I'm not wearing flannel. I do not have a beard, but I have the Lululemon and the shoe athletic shoes, so I think yeah, I think I'm more on the sales side, I guess. This was a day. Today. Yeah. All right, yeah. sorry. <laughs> and so <laughs> so
0: yeah, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. This is this is going to be very fun. And and you know, learning the upside, it to Brett's point earlier, it shouldn't be that different. The 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 win win tools we've built at, at Freedom for Software have been the tools that have brought ops and sales together. And yes, they were ops focused and they started with ops, but the best releases have been the ones that help sales too. Our site audit scheduling tool was built for ops, but sales could schedule in home. Win win, top of the priority list. We're building this thing. Give me give me a month, we'll build it.
1: I got really good at saying that like, Hey guys, I know you see us focused on building all this stuff that you don't actually see or get to play with, but trust me, this is for you guys indirectly. And I've gotten really good at making that speech, but what's so exciting right now is we are finally at a place. We have this system that is largely built for the ops side, And now we can focus on sales tech. And so like door knocking app, competition platform, leaderboard, lead management system to where like your freedom leads, your if you have a door knocker that's setting appointments, your own self-gen appointments, they all live in this one singular app that we can track all of it and keep it all on a schedule. We get drive times from one appointment to the next. We can get I mean the the possibilities are limitless with what we can now do on the sales side and it's because we have this foundation of ops-based tech that you guys have built. And so that's where I like start to get really, really excited. Like it can all exist in one single platform and there's no integration that needs to be done. It is, it is light speed. It's like, it's light speed light. To me, that is what makes it better than anything else that's out there that nobody can touch because there isn't an integration that's needed. It is built on the same infrastructure that you guys have been building for the last five years. It's just that next layer.
2: I think the Sales tech that we will build will be like nothing else that this industry has seen, and um, and I'm not putting pressure or too much hype, uh, but the fact that it's integrated will just make it better, and we will further separate from all of our competition out there. So it's very exciting. The one thing that I also want to say is that there's still sales reps that reluctantly aren't in light speed. And one of the most frustrating things that happens to me is that when they'll say, and they'll just give a blanket complaint and then you ask them about the customer and then they'll go, hey, we're waiting on these two things from you and they'll have no idea. And just this industry, um, be a professional, all right? Um, Sales are important. But installs is what pays the bills for the company and also for you and your family. So um, people that just say, I just want to sell, I get that. That's what they're good at. But there needs to be a certain level of professionalism to know your craft and know what's going on with your customers. If you truly want to sell, you need to be complementing your raw news sales with referrals. The only way to do that is to understand the process and understand the system. And so... If you're a rep or you're a leader, do not complain about something until you go out there and you see what Lightspeed can do for you. It will change how you view the industry. And a lot of people love a lot of sales softwares because once you sell, then you can't see anything else because they don't want you to see the nightmare of operations. We wanna be transparent. We wanna be a light in this world as a company. We want to shine a light. This is an industry that operates in darkness. I've said it so many different times. We're the company that we want to shine a light, even when we make a mistake. And why you would want to sell for a company and not know until you get your commission check, that is ludicrous. Yep. Be a professional. Level up. It's so frustrating to me when that happens. And we are going to give you tools that force you to be in the apps so you know what's going on. And that's the only thing that I want as an industry is that we need to increase the level of professionalism and learn your craft.
1: Yeah, I've been meeting with several of the other dealers on previous episodes, and that, that is one of the things that you know is apparent is the reps who are in Lightspeed, who are spending time digging into their notes, s- resolving tickets or submitting tickets and using the tool the way it was meant to be used – they get a lot more jobs installed and they're a lot happier with their experience of freedom. So I, I agree with you, Brett, we're, we're heading down a trajectory where we can scale at scale. And it's because we've removed this massive blocker that is software and process and technology. So, so thank you, Zach, for all of it that you've done and what you've built with Lightspeed. your dedication, your team, you guys have done a phenomenal job. Going back to, I guess, kind of the last question. You guys are big into your software, big into Lightspeed. Why the name Lightspeed?
0: Question for me or question for you?
1: <laughs> Just wanted to point out who came up with <laughs> got that name. It, got Thank it. you, Zach. No, the real last question is uh, when you guys play pickleball, does Brett ever
0: call you any names? Maybe under his breath. I'm not sure.
2: No, I, I, I never, I never, ever do. I okay. get, I get, I'm sure I, I get frustrated sometimes.
0: <laughs> it's more, you know, there's body language. You have to be a up on body language, right? Yeah. So I, I know you don't have to say it. Okay. You know?
1: So Zach, you are currently, uh, I know Brett doesn't call you any names on the pickleball court. I, I thought he might, uh, if you miss a shot here or there, but currently at Freedom, you are called the VP of Software Engineering. Brett, is there anything you'd like to
2: add to that? The crazy thing about it is when you kind of talked about how you thought you bombed the interview about servant leadership, um, Zach, you truly are a servant leader and you're the epitome um, of what freedom is all about. And uh, you never ask for anything, you know, yourself. And so I just want to let you know, we're changing your title and we're making you the official chief technology officer, the CTO. Seriously? Yes. Do I get a hug? (laughs) Congratulations, man. You know know I love you, man. So, and nobody deserves it more than you. And uh, you've just been incredible. And uh, so much of it is having faith in you and just believing that, hey, you could do it. Because I know when we met, you were 26. Yeah. And I knew you were young and I love believing in people and where they almost have to stretch their own boundaries of thought of what they can do. And I've seen that with you and you have just been so methodical. Uh, We would not be here at Freedom. We would not have the success if it wasn't for a lot of people, but you are one of those people. So thank you so much. We're so blessed and lucky to have found you and i'm so glad you came to tech <laughs> <laughs>
0: i'm lost for words that was a true surprise i i mean i talk about it with my wife all the time and we this is the dream um so i'm rarely lost for words but that was very special
2: Thank yeah and and sasha and your kids and Sorry for last Christmas, I'm not going to pull any surprises for you and cancel Christmas this year. But, um, you know, when we truly needed you to step up, I mean, you were an incredible light for this entire company and we were always concerned um but you were able to finish and even though you don't do it all the time on the pickleball court you did it in business and that's all that matters all right i'd rather win in business than i would in pickleball you missed that final shot but you didn't do it when it comes to software you killed the shot
0: i'm more aggressive in the code than i am on the court for sure all right well
1: thank you so much congratulations on your newly appointed chief technology officer role he is zach Bloom. He is Brett Bushy. I am Chad Towner. Thank you guys for joining, and we will see you on the next episode.